worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Welcome to the show. My name is Alex McLeod. Today we're joined in studio by Dennis and Carla to talk about the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. So just jumping right into it, who are you and what do you do? Hi, thanks for having us here. Uh, my name is Carla Buffalo. I'm the CEO with the Athabasca Tribal Council. Hi, and my name is Dennis Fraser and I'm the Director of Indigenous and Rural Relations with the RMWB Regional Municipality of Wood Buffalo. Awesome. So just jumping right into it quickly, what does the ATC do within the region? So the Athabasca Tribal Council provides a range of services uh, and advocacy for the five First Nations within the area, including Fort Mackay First Nation, Miccosu Cree First Nation, Athabasca Chippewan First Nation, Fort McMurray First Nation 468, and Chippewan Prairie First Nation. Awesome. So right before we jump into it, you guys are here to talk about the Truth and Reconciliation Day. Before we start, where can people find resources if they're struggling? That's a really good question. So we're going to be talking about some fairly hard subjects for a number of people in the community, uh, those that may have attended Indian residential school, day schools, or our family that have been impacted by the stories and experiences that their community members have had. So there's a, a list of different numbers that people can reach out to if they need to. They could call the National Indian Residential School Crisis Line. That phone number is one 866 925 4419. There's also the Hope for Wellness. That number is 1-855-242-3310. Both are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And uh, if you'd like to, you can also look for more resources at our website, which is www.atcfn.ca slash mental-health-resources. Awesome. So now we're going to jump into it. How would you kind of describe the significance of the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation and why is it essential that we should recognize it? So the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation was a new federal statutory holiday that was created, which is recognized on September 30th. This is a day that honors the children who never returned home and survivors of residential schools, as well as their families and communities across Canada, including here within Fort McMurray and the Regional Municipality of Wood Buffalo, there's a number of events that have been hosted to really identify and share stories of the tragic and painful history and ongoing impacts of residential schools. This is really a vital component of the reconciliation process that everyone needs to be part of. For sure. And with the Orange Shirt Day, what's kind of the history on that and why is it important to recognize the day by wearing orange? Yeah, thanks. And you know, that's a good question because you see these orange shirts all over the place. People are wearing them in their offices and uh, it it's almost like sometimes it's a fad. And you ask people, well, like, why do you wear orange shirt for? And surprisingly, a lot of them don't know. 
and there's a real reason why there's an Orange Shirt Day. And so that's what we try to do is promote, promote residential schools, uh, the fallout, what happened there, some of the atrocities. And uh, so the story of Orange Shirt Day goes back to, to a lady by the name of Phyllis Webstad, who was taken from her family when she was six years old to go to residential school. She was just basically taken away. And uh, when she arrived, she had a new orange shirt on that her grandmother had bought for her back in the days, uh, like myself included. I grew up with my grandfather and grandmother. And, you know, they were very, very caring for us and looked after us. So, you know, her grandmother bought her this this T-shirt. So when she got to the mission, they stripped her of the shirt. They took away all her clothes, including the orange shirt, and she never saw it again. The, the color orange has always reminded her of how it feels that she didn't matter. She didn't matter to no one. No one cared. All of the little children were crying, and, and nobody cared about them. You know, they had just been taken away from their families, from their communities, where they were loving, and, you know, it was a way of life. And, and they were they were taken and, and put into these residential schools. So Phyllis's story is repeated for generations. Like, grandmothers and mothers attended residential school. Children never knew what a parent, what it was like to be a parent. And so it is only recently that survivors are able to raise their own children and have them know them as parents. So there was generations where parents didn't raise their children because they weren't raised by their by their parents being in schools, residential schools. So there's there's generations where that, that gap is missing. So Phyllis's story inspired Orange Shirt Day and the Every Child Matters campaign, bringing awareness, making sure that children feel like they matter. So Orange Shirt Day, along with the Truth and Reconciliation Unmarked Graves at Residential Schools across Canada, has brought about the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, which, uh, as mentioned before, it happens on September 30th, and it honors the children who never returned home, survivors of residential schools, as well as their families and communities, and the impact that that had. So public commemoration of the tragic and painful history and ongoing impacts of residential schools is a vital component to the reconciliation process that we must all know about. Have that awareness because you know you don't know what you don't know and if you don't know what orange shirt day is well then that's why we do what we do that's why we walk today and that's why you see this massive sea of orange is to remind us and remind everybody when they see that orange there's a reason for it for sure and then could you provide some background on the atc and the rmwb and its role in kind of advocating for indigenous rights and reconciliation efforts so the Athabasca Tribal Council and the Regional Municipality of Wood Buffalo have partnered recently to bring events to the community, to the public, and to support survivors in this area. Uh, over the last couple of days, uh, on Wednesday evening, we actually hosted a dinner to honor residential school survivors in recognition of National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. We have to remember that really at the heart of this is those that attended those residential schools, the families that followed, that there is a lot of very difficult experiences that they've had, that healing is still ongoing, and that we need to provide really safe spaces for those survivors and their families to share their experiences that they went through, but also to celebrate that they are survivors who are the key pillars in our community who are continuing to pass on culture, continuing to pass on language, and that they are well-respected 
accepted and uh, recognized for the difficulties they went through, but the path that they're paving forward for reconciliation. And so we're really proud that we were able to work together to provide that space last Wednesday evening. We also hosted this morning a gathering, a community gathering and walk, which started down at Kiam uh, Community Park. We have known over the last couple of years, if we, as we've been hosting this community gathering and walk each year, it grows in size. And I think that that's a real recognition that this community, along with Canadians across everywhere, are really starting to increase their knowledge, which is part of the truth telling that's happening around residential schools and the impacts and that people really want to be able to come out and provide their support to do their part to try to understand part of Canada's really tragic and dark history and they want to be a meaningful role in trying to do their part to support survivors and their families. If you're comfortable doing so, would you be willing to share some insights into the history and experiences of Indigenous peoples in Canada that led to the establishment of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and the National Day? You know, I think that there's there's a long history in Canada that is really unknown to many Canadians, but for residential school survivors, that history, the experiences that they've had, they lived it. They know it. Um, so for those that don't know, there's more than 130 residential schools that operated across Canada that really started in 1831 and the last one closed in 1996. Some of the statistics around it are that in total it was estimated that there was more than 150,000 First Nation, Inuit and Métis children that attended residential schools across Canada and I've heard numbers that there's an estimated amount of 6,000 children that never made it home and that died at residential school but we all know that that number is only going to continue to grow as more searches continue um, at each of these locations. So the National Truth and Reconciliation Commission was really a, a long process to give voices to those that were silenced for so very long. This process really gave an opportunity for residential school survivors to share their stories, to tell the tragedies that they experienced, to talk about that residential schools were not really there and intended to educate them but in in fact it was there to remove the Indian from the child it was to remove children from their families to strip them of their language, to make them ashamed of who they are, take any love out of what they had for themselves and to really not have them feel any pride in being an Indigenous Canadian. And so the idea behind this commission was to tell those stories, to bring those tragedies to light. And as a result, there have been a number of calls to action across Canada that have been identified for Canadians, for corporations, for governments, for organizations, for individuals to take action, to really educate themselves about this history and to make a difference moving forward. I just want to follow up on the residential school. Did you say that the last one closed in 1996? Yeah, oh my 1996. Gosh. That's very recent. I didn't realize like how recent they closed the last one. Mm. That's the year my parents got married. So it's like it really puts into perspective like how recent this was. We're talking to Carla and Dennis about the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. We're just going to take a quick break, but if this conversation is distressing to you, you can call the National Indian Residential School Crisis Line at 
1-855-242-3319 or Hope for Wellness at 1-855-242-3310. Both are available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We'll be right back. We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. We're talking to Carla and Dennis about the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. If this conversation is distressing to you, you can call the National Indian Residential School Crisis Line at 1-866-925-4419 or Hope for Wellness at 1-855-242-3310. Both are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I, I think that's a, a really a, a really good thing to to reflect on. I think a lot of people think that this is something that happened only a hundred years ago. But in my own personal situation, I have had many family members that have attended residential school. My mother attended residential school. My children's father was in day school. This is not something that just happened, you know, generations and generations ago. This is something that we all grew up with in many of our homes where even right now our aunts, our uncles, our grandmothers, our grandfathers are only starting to be able to talk about what happened and that healing process is only really beginning in many of our communities and many of our homes today because it was so recent and it's it's a it's something that impacts our day every day for myself personally my mother was a fluent speaker and is a fluent speaker of Dene and because of her experiences at residential school along with so many other people there was shame around not only shame but you weren't allowed to speak your language and so I was never passed on the language it's something that you know I hope to continue to revitalize as part of what I want to learn in the future but this isn't anything in terms of shame that should be borne by anyone that was in residential school this is a reflection of the Canadian government and all of the institutions colonization that were trying to strip people of their language of their culture and it has no bearing upon on those that attended residential school for why anyone doesn't speak today and in fact I want to really recognize those residential school survivors because even though they went to school for many many years it is them who are the knowledge holders who are the language speakers who are leading the way in terms of revitalization of language within our communities and they need to be recognized and celebrated. How would you say can non-indigenous Canadians actively engage in reconciliation efforts not just on the national day but throughout the year? I think that's a really great question. Uh, as Dennis had mentioned earlier, Orange Shirt Day and September 30th, you absolutely see a lot of orange around town. People are, have been coming out to gather and walk with us in the community, which is really encouraged. But really, there is a lot more that can and should be done by every Canadian. It really starts with learning about the history of residential schools, about the history of colonization in Canada, and what occurred, why it occurred, and how it's impacted people today. Part of what can be done after you've taken the time to really actively learn is to share accurate information with your friends, your family, your colleagues, and to show your support for truth and reconciliation 
reconciliation is really just being very respectful and understanding of what had happened. There's a lot of different things that people can do if they don't know where to start. I would really encourage them to go to www.orangepath.ca. It's a website that ATC has created with a lot of different resources for a broad range of age groups so that you can start there with your knowledge and continue to actively learn about Canada's history and uh, its role in uh, Indian residential schools. Yeah, so we, we spoke about a broader perspective a little while ago in regards to the history and experiences of residential schools and Indigenous communities. And I'll, I'll just speak, I guess, from a regional perspective here. We've got a very large region and uh, with six First Nations within the region, six Métis communities or associations. So, you know, there was a real vibrant community commerce prior to the oil coming here. And, you know, I always get amused by that because we've we got a young town here. There's a lot of young people here and there has been for some time. You know, people come here and they just see Fort McMurray, the city. But, you know, if you could strip away not too long ago things that are here, the oil oil companies, the oil sands, and that type of thing. It wasn't all that long ago where, you know, they lived a traditional lifestyle where the three rivers meet, the Snai, uh, the Athabasca, the Clearwater. And so there was a really vibrant indigenous community here for a long, long time. And so this is kind of where I, I focus on is because this is where I work and as part of the indigenous and rural relations, we uh, we try to improve them relationships and work with our, our, our partners like ATC. I remember when Orange Shirt Day first came about, first year, we bought a few, as an organization, we bought a few orange shirts. And, you know, there wasn't many. And they still, there was still some left over because people didn't understand. They didn't understand what Orange Shirt Day was. There wasn't that awareness. And now it hasn't been all that long since now you take a look at, like, the walk today, you know, that sea of orange. And it's, it's gaining momentum. And that's, that's because of partnerships. That's because of working together, where we spread that, that awareness of, to, to everybody. Initially, the early days, as an organization, we try to do it alone, you know, and sometimes different organizations, be it government, you know, we work in silos and we do our own thing. And what we gotta do is get away from that and uh, have a much broader perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're at now. And I can see this continue to grow and, you know, it's really encouraging to see three short years later where we're at and what's happening because uh, we had a residential school in this region up in Fort Chippewan. It was the, the Holy Angels Residential School, and that closed in 1974. And a lot of people don't realize that, that, hey, this is in our lifetime. You know, it's not 100 years ago. It happened, and I, I have friends, I have relatives that were in residential school also and hear their stories in that. So, you know, it's it's important that we recognize that not only residential schools, but also there's some day schools around here too. And, uh, you know, I ask my, always ask myself that, you know, when people are struggling or some of the issues I deal with, like, you know, not that, don't take a look at that situation, but why? To understand, to seek to understand, because a lot of time the problem isn't the problem. There's there's a reason behind it. You know, we all got to get there. And, and just just uh, adding to that on what people can do locally, one of the things that really encouraged me about two years ago, I heard about this local school that uh, had taken, we had a seven-week reconciliation challenge. And I'd heard that the teachers, the principal of that school really embraced it. And the entire school took on that challenge. So I thought, I want to go see this. So we went to that school, and I was really amazed. We, we met the teachers, uh, we met we went to the, uh, some of the classrooms, and we spoke there, and, and more so, the children. It was the children 
on the knowledge they had of what orange shirt they was about residential schools and so that's where it that's where where we're headed to really take this to the next level it's the children it's the children of schools they remember it they need to be taught it because when i was in school i wasn't taught anything about this stuff i wasn't taught anything about canada all all my teachings were you know about the states and different things like that but now they're starting to teach this in schools that's another reason why the walk today uh, wasn't on the 30th because the 30th is on saturday and one of the reasons why with our partners we wanted to involve the school engage them so as you can see there's 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 several hundreds of students here so these students now not only are they learning this themselves uh, about the history and, and what happened but they're bringing that home they're bringing that home to the parents and so that's how it's expanding you know they tried to take this out of the years ago in residential they tried to take the Indian out of the child and now it's the children that are bringing it back and they're teaching it to their parents and 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 friends and communities so that that part is very encouraging something else we can do like ATC has a website and a bunch of stuff on there that uh, that is really informative and you know same thing with us we've got our municipal website and I encourage people to get on there we've got a separate website for my department and then part of that is uh, for uh, residential schools TRC and that thing but we've also now this year uh, we've got a four-week reconciliation challenge going through the through the month so we're on the third week now and anybody can go on there and that's how you learn you, 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 you go through some of these modules you go to some videos and things like that we have to as a community as leaders we have to be in charge of our own learnings too you know it's we can't spoon feed everybody you have to want to learn and there's mechanisms to do that and, and websites are a good one because there's tons of information out there. You have to want to learn too. What would you say some of the challenges or barriers that Indigenous communities continue to face in their pursuit of truth and reconciliation and justice and how can individuals and organizations support these efforts? You kind of spoke on like working together and having that collaboration and not just being like one entity on your own but how can we kind of move that forward more? I work for the municipality and you know things have not always been understanding towards the history uh, some of the policies and being in government you know you've got your own policies too you got your municipal government act and you've got policies that you got to adhere to and that sort of thing so initially when my department was stood up again there was this perception that okay we've got 15 different departments in the municipality okay there's indigenous and rural relations we call IRR they're the ones that are going to take on this work they're the ones that are going to change things. And that was their perception, too, for several years. And then we started realizing that, along with our partners, the Indigenous community, we have to expand that. It's not only our responsibility. So what we've done recently is that we've created a reconciliation champion within the municipality, within the 15 different departments, which means that you select somebody from your department and then we meet together and you help us. You help us to spread reconciliation. You learn about it. You be our champion. And it's very encouraging to see people that before didn't understand it, didn't take the time, and now they've become allies. So rather than have one department to carry this load, to have that awareness, understanding, and to change history here, challenges the norms. Now we've got 15 departments, and, and that's how we're going to grow this. And, you know, no idea is a bad one when you want to reconcile, because reconciliation is for everybody. You know, not just Indigenous people, not just governments, not just industry, everybody. Reconciliation is for everybody. And I know myself and Carla, we've, we've had some, some chats and, uh, you know, on our processes 
she's got me thinking about different things. Like, okay, she asked the question, so why are you doing it that way? And well, it's because we've always done it that way. We've got policies, we've got uh, a framework to work within. Well then, why don't you challenge it? And I thought, okay, I never really thought of that before. Why are you doing things that way? So, you know, that's something else. That's, that's part of when you work together, have that, have that partnership. Sometimes we can challenge one another and change things. And, you know, I like that. So I brought her back to my team and said, okay, we got to take a look at this differently. That's reconciliation. We're talking to Carla and Dennis about the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. We're just going to take a quick break, but if this conversation is distressing to you, you can call a National Indian Residential School Crisis Line at 1-866-925-4419 or Hope for Wellness at 1-855-2419. 3310. Both are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We'll be right back. We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Cooper and Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. If you're comfortable, we're talking to Carla and Dennis about the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. If this conversation is distressing to you, you can call the National Indian Residential School Crisis Line at 1 866 925 4419 or Hope for Wellness at 1-855-242-3310. Both are available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Would you be willing to share stories of resilience and healing and cultural revival within the ATC communities as they relate to the journey of truth and reconciliation? So I think one of the stories that uh, are most recent that comes to mind is the Athabasca Tribal Council Cultural Festival that was just hosted recently at the SNI. We had over 10,000 people through that site over the course of four days. We ended up having, I think, well over 700 students from the schools come through for the school program where they were able to participate in a range of workshops to learn about different arts, different traditional practices, experience traditional food. We had community members come in and bring traditional game which they shared with the community at large. They were cooking moose meat and you know duck and bannock and all of the different uh, foods that we know so well in our communities. But you know what I really saw during the cultural festival was so much storytelling, talking about the ways that people lived off the land, sharing their stories, passing on that knowledge, seeing people speak Cree and Dene. And what I seen the most was just an immense amount of pride in being Cree, being Dene, and being Métis. And to me, that is cultural revitalization. That is demonstrating and showcasing to the broader public who we are as people, the richness of our culture. That couldn't have made me more happy to see happening in our community. How do you envision the future of reconciliation within our region? I think the future of reconciliation in Wood Buffalo is very bright because we are on a path with our communities, no longer doing things in isolation, you know, running stuff by our knowledge keepers, the elders, the leadership, and becoming partners. That, that's, that's, that's essential. And sometimes it's going against the norms. And, you know, for our organization, I have to give credit to the senior leadership team that I am a member of 
as well as our elected officials. Because if you take a look at the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, it's a federal holiday that was instituted in 2021. To date, several provinces have followed suit and they've made it a statutory holiday. But four provinces have not. They have not made it a statutory holiday. And Alberta's one of them. So that's left up to the communities, to the municipalities, to the elected officials. I've been able to have them discussions. And it's through uh, what we're talking about here today. You know, that walk that we've seen earlier on today on, on several hundred people, children that are there. And that's a direct result of the municipality not having September 30th as a holiday, but to come to work and to take time off when you can from your job to go to the march. And so, you know, you have that awareness. Because otherwise, what happens with a lot of holidays, you know, if it's, a, it's a, another long weekend. People look at it as it's a long weekend, you know, I'm not going to bother go there. I'll, I'll go camping, I'll go look after my garden and all that sort of things. But if you're working and you have the opportunity to go down and uh, support a cause like this and then meet people and uh, have that pride. You know, I look around, I look around while we're walking and, and people are laughing, they're happy. You know, they's, uh, they're making them relationships. And I get so many comments from my organization like, wow, we, we didn't know some of this stuff existed. And so one of the things we're doing to keep this going is not to have it a holiday. And even though that doesn't go over well with everybody, but there's a greater good here. Uh, you know, sometimes we, we get too caught up on trying to please certain views, I guess. But what I like to do is just take a look at what's the greater good here? What's the greater good and stand for it? You know, just to build on some of the comments that Dennis offered and, and you know, the idea that the future is bright and, and the path forward around truth and reconciliation, I, I would agree with that, but I also would say that there is a lot more work that really needs to be done. The awareness about residential schools and the impacts that it has within our communities is still really not known and really not well understood by many people. So there is a lot of education and awareness that needs to be done. I think that there's certainly a role for institutions, corporations, schools to really actively engage their staff, their workers, their students to really bringing to light the awareness of Canada's dark history around residential schools and then the impacts that it's created within our society. There is still a significant amount of racism that our community members experience on a regular basis. And so when I think about the future of truth and reconciliation, for me that comes down to changing hearts and minds. And that is done by educating people from them to really understand the stories, what it's done in our communities that has presented many of the challenges that we're faced with today. But I would agree with, with Dennis that I do think that the future is bright. You know, I see residential school survivors every day. I hear their stories, which are often dark, which are often very tragic, but they are incredibly resilient. And it really just makes me emotional when I think about the atrocities that they faced but they are, there are knowledge keepers, there are language speakers who are paving the path forward for our children. And, you know, I see my children as well as so many others within our community who are not ashamed to be 
indigenous. They are proud. They are resilient. They are not continuing the atrocities of what have been experienced in the past. And so for me, that's a really bright moment. That's a really bright future. And I think in particular, being in a community like Fort McMurray and in our region, we have so many exceptional indigenous leaders who our children look up to. And for all of those that attended residential schools, they see their resilience. And so for me, the future is bright because I I see that resilience happening. I see the cultural revitalization happening. I, I think that the future is strong for us. Anything else you would like to share with listeners who are eager to learn more about Indigenous history, culture, and the path to reconciliation? I always remember uh, a quote by Commissioner Sinclair, who was with the, who spent the whole time on the TRC when they were gathering stories and all that. And one quote that always stuck with me from him, and he said, education got us into this. Education will get us out. And that is so true. That is so profound. And, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier on about the students are learning this in school. This has to be taught in every classroom, in every school across this region and across this country. And, and that's, how, that's how we're going to, everybody's going to learn. It, it's got to be taught. So that's one mechanism. Another one is you got to also, as individuals, everybody got to ask themselves, what do I know about it? If I don't know anything about it, what am I going to do about it? What am I going to learn? Because them resources are out there. They're there. You have to want to. You know, we can't, we can't spoon feed everybody. But by having these walks like today, see that orange and get people's appetite thinking that I, I got to find more about this. And when you do, there's websites. There's websites with tons of information on. ATC have their websites. We have, the RMWB have their websites. Uh, the Reconciliation Challenge, there's courses you can take. There's a good, a friend of mine has just taken a, a course now uh, at the U of A that a number of people have taken. And, you know, it's very, very informative. So there are mechanisms and ways to increase your understanding, your knowledge, and be that, that, uh, that changer, that game changer, change agent. like like the rest of us are trying to be. And just before we finish, just to push it out again, if individuals are having a little bit of struggles with this conversation, where can they find resources? Yeah, so just to highlight the available resources out there, um, you can call the National Indian Residential School Crisis Line. That phone number is one 866 925 There's also um, a phone number for the HOPE for wellness, which is 1-855-242-3310. These are both available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And there's also a list of additional resources on our website at www.atcfn.ca. And you can look under mental health resources there. Awesome. Well, I just want to thank you both for letting us know about the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. Thanks for your time. Thank you. That's the end of another edition of Fort McMurray Matters. Want a copy of this episode or any past episode? Download the podcast at Mix1037FM.com. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix103.7.